Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We, from time to time, want to get some updates on what's going on with the cannabis industry. Here's Ontario, especially. Uh, the legalization of cannabis uh, a few years ago now was a very contentious issue. Uh, the rollout of it uh, was very contentious. It did not go well. There were a lot of bumps and and, and detours along the way uh, because of uh, jurisdictional problems, etc. Uh, but it was supposed to be, at, at, at the outset, uh, a way for us to, well, basically, it was going to be an industry and, you know, it was going to generate money for the, the provinces. And that was one element of it. But the other, it was supposed to be the death knell for the uh, black market for uh, cannabis. I uh, don't know that that's happening. The latest uh, story we have now is that uh, the cannabis store, the Ontario cannabis store, is now reducing price margins to try to help pot shops compete. Uh, and that's usually an indication that things are not going as well uh, from a retail standpoint as they would like to see. Uh, the OCS, which is responsible for distributing weed to retailers, uh, announced the change on Thursday and said it was going to be implemented by September. So why are they doing this? And is this going to be an effective way to try to get this industry on its feet and, and stabilized? I want to bring uh, Mitchell Osak into the conversation. Mitchell is the CEO for Quanta Consulting Incorporated. Uh, Mitchell, good to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. Great to be here again. Thank you. You've done some analysis on this, and maybe I'll go right to that question I was just asking rather rhetorically, but I'm sure you've got some some data on this. Uh, just about everybody who was involved in this and supported this uh, at, at the outset said, you know, this is going to make it so it's going to be almost uh, impossible for the, for the underground market to compete because we're going to be so good, so efficient at this, uh, that, uh, that that's going to just basically, if not disappear, but become a non-factor. Uh, it's been a few years right now. The fact that they're, they're having to reduce price margins, uh, does that indicate that maybe the underground market's winning the war here? Uh, no, Bill, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but I would just say that the war is taking a lot longer than people anticipated, as you correctly pointed out. The, the price declines are, are a function of a variety of things, uh, one of which is that the, the markups or the margins, the OCS take, are among the highest of any of the monopoly provincial wholesalers in the world. And there's been a lot of pressure, not only by Ontario retailers, but licensed producers across Canada to bring those margins and markups in line with what uh, is being charged around the country. So there is a lot of pressure on the OCS from a lot of different places to sort of reduce their cost to serve the market. Just to that point, though, I, I want to delve into greater detail what you were just saying there. Uh, but the stat I saw here just said that uh, that forty three percent of of cannabis sales is still uh, being done by the illicit pot market. Are you surprised that number is still that high? Um, I am surprised. I would have expected it to be lower. But if you look at some major uh, and older mature markets in uh, the United States, for example, Colorado and so on, it literally took five or six years for the, um, the illicit market to drop to about 20% of total consumption. So I would have anticipated uh, 43% to be much lower. But on the other hand, we're going in the right direction. It's just taking a lot longer. Are, are the legal stores, here we call them, we'll just try to put that kind of an umbrella over them, I guess, Mitchell. Uh, are they competitive price-wise? Yes, we have. We're fortunate enough in Ontario to have some of the lowest cannabis prices in North America, not on every product, but certainly prices have come down substantially, not only in the last year, but since legalization in October of 2018. One of the challenges, however, and this speaks to your, to 
to your original point, is that the illicit market has also dropped their prices to keep their market share. So consumers are better off, but the reality is is that uh, not a lot of retailers or producers are making money, and the illicit market continues to hang in there and take a lot of the consumption. One of the concerns, I guess, probably goes all the way back at the first year or so of, of, of the rollout here, Mitchell, was uh, product availability. A, a lot of the things that you talked about, edibles and so many others, just were not available up here uh, for a variety of reasons, I guess. Has that been rectified? It's been rectified um, in some cases, and in other cases, the problem has gotten worse. So what we have in, in Canada, as well as Ontario, is we often have an imbalance between what consumers want and what's available on the shelf. So, for example, there's about a billion and a half grams of dried flour cannabis in Canada that is sitting in vaults of licensed producers that nobody wants to buy either because the quality is poor, it's stale dated, or what have you. But on the other hand, we have specific edibles and craft flour, like small batch, um, high quality flour from different parts of Canada, that is in such high demand that retailers can't keep it on the shelf. So it's the best of times and it's the worst of times when it comes to product supply. Uh, so these are all, I guess, a kind of a storm here that's uh, created uh, uh, the, the circumstance that we're in right now. One of the other phenomena, I mean, I'm so glad you had some time to talk to us about this, Mitchell, because a lot of people have some questions about this. Uh, when the, the legalization first was rolling out, and, and as we say, there were some bumps and, and some detours even along that way, uh, everybody seemed to be on board. I mean, there were, you know, there were plants that were going to pop up, or at least planned to be popped up anyway, all over the place. I mean, I, I saw four or five of them up in uh, the Collingwood area, Barry area, places like that. None of them have have, have actually been built because uh, I don't know. Has the industry leveled off? Did, are they uh, disappointed in in the uptake? Was there an initial surge that has simply leveled off right now? What, what's the status when it comes to producing? Well, you you nailed it. Uh in that last statement full of pot puns. Essentially what happened is uh, in anticipation of legalization and right afterwards, uh, licensed producers tremendously overbuilt the potential capacity and supply for cannabis across Canada. And that was an anticipation for an industry that was expected to generate around now about $8 billion at retail in terms of revenue. What we've seen though is that, and, and there's a lot of good reasons for this, is that consumption has increased, but not at the anticipated rate. So for 2023, we're anticipating national Canadian retail cannabis sales of approximately $4.5 billion. So you have all this capacity that was built for a market that hasn't developed as quickly as it needed to be. And that's why you have this massive imbalance. And, and that's why you have this high inventory. And that's why you have a lot of struggling licensed producers. So is that is that going to improve? I mean, you know, for, for these places that planned on, for instance, building a, a, a production facility that haven't done it yet, are, are they just biding their time? Um, I think they've probably shelved their plans. There's so much excess capacity that you can buy, often for 10 or 20 cents on the dollar, that it doesn't pay an entrepreneur to invest in building a new greenhouse or outdoor uh, growing facility. It's just not worth it. So what we're expecting to see is a lot of licensed producers and some retailers unfortunately go bankrupt because they just don't have the revenue 
and they don't have the cash flow to be able to support their production. That is very typical of any early stage industry where you get a boom and quickly followed by a bust. But over the next couple of years, we expect the supply to more quickly and more efficiently align with the actual demand in Ontario as well as Canada. Uh, final question on this, and I'll go back to, as you say, the big rush to try to get into production facilities. Almost every one of those was opposed in, in an awful lot of those communities. Uh, is the stigma changing? Uh, the, some people were just dead set against this, you know, and the devil weed and, you know, all this other stuff, gateway, you know, narcotics and things of this nature. Uh, has that dissipated? Yes, it has. So, it, you know, there aren't perfect statistics, but right around the time of legalization, of adult use legalization, roughly seven out of every 10 Canadians were in favor of uh, legalization. That number has probably increased to eight or eight and a half out of 10 Canadians. And a lot of the early fears around smoking and driving and gateway drugs and all of those things that you just talked about never came to fruition. So, you know, fortunately, Canadians are waking up and realizing the world didn't come to an end. Cannabis is a, is a highly regulated, safe product when consumed responsibly. And they are, you know, going to it in droves. And that's why you see consumption going up. Like cigarettes and like alcohol, you will always see a certain number of Canadians stigmatize this product and avoid it. That's, that's inevitable. But the reality is, is that the vast majority of Canadians are happy with legalization and especially happy with the tax revenues that are generated from it. Uh, I'm so glad you had some time to spot, spend with us this morning to get an update on this, too, because uh, uh, so many people that, that are invested in this, I don't just mean financially, but otherwise, too, in this industry, and uh, uh, it's it's moving in the right direction, maybe just not as fast as we thought and hoped that it would. Mitchell, thank you so much for this today. Thank you, Bill. Have a great day. Mitchell Osak, uh, CEO of Quanta Consulting Incorporated. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.